Hi, I'm Beck Rayner, and this is the Military Wife Life podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports, and embraces the spouses behind the military members by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. Want to join a bank that just gets Defence Life? Defence Bank is one of Australia's largest customer-owned banks. They have 33 on-base branches across Australia, an award-winning banking app that allows you to do all your banking wherever, whenever, and Defence Bank offers competitive products and services tailored for ADF members and defence spouses. Visit defencebank.com.au today and see how easy your banking can be. Welcome, Kim, to the Military Wife Life podcast. Thank you for having me. You and your husband have been together for 17 years. Can you tell me how you met, how you got together? So we were both at uni at the time. I was probably second year, third year in, and he was studying, about to start studying education. And I was doing business. We've been to working together at Subway and then we were going to uni. So how does it come about that your husband decides to join the Defence Force when he was studying education when you met? He kind of decided that formal education in that sense didn't really fit with him at the time, sitting down, studying, things like that. And he was looking for something, I think, a bit different and what he could actually do. He actually knew someone that was in the Navy and an old family friend and started talking to them about that. And then it kind of just led down that path. So how long had you guys been together when he was deciding to go from uni to the Defence Force? He officially joined at the start of 2007. I think we had been together about two years when he started the process. It was fairly long for him. Different things took different amounts of times. I guess when you first got together, you were both at uni and Defence Force wasn't even part of the plan. What was that discussion like when he was deciding to transition over to joining Defence? Did you put much thought into it? You'd been together for a couple of years, but how did you guys sort of talk about that and go forward with that together? So we basically sat down and decided that we'd already sort of put two years into the relationship and neither of us were fully prepared to walk away at that point so we thought we'd give it a go we'll see how it went and obviously taking so long by the time he did actually leave I think we've been together three and a half years or something like that so we were you know solid by then and had been living together for about 18 months we were ready to make it work. And so did you have any expectations of what defence life would be like in the early stages? Obviously, it wasn't really part of the plan. Sometimes, you know, people get together and they change careers and the partner goes into the defence force. So it, it wasn't like that had always been the plan. Did you have any expectations of what it would be like to be a defence spouse and, and to live defence life? Not really. I think coming from Townsville, we obviously had the, the army there. So there was a little bit of that side of things, but certainly sort of nothing about the Navy. So there was no real expectations or he was going to be away this amount of time or we were going to move that often. We kind of just went with the flow and took each hurdle as it came. Yeah. So what was that process like? So you were at uni while your then partner, now husband, was joining and you mentioned that was a bit of a long process. What was that like for you or were you just busy doing your own thing? So I was finishing up my studies and I then started working full time. And I think I'd been in my job probably about 12 months when he left for recruit school. And then I followed after he finished recruit school and cat school. 
That obviously recruit school, cat school, had been the longest we'd been apart. But I was kept fairly busy, work, different things, friends. I was in my hometown, so I had all my my friends and all that around me. Obviously, communication was probably a little bit sparrow back then. So we wrote letters and did all that sort of stuff. He didn't get to take a mobile phone or anything with him. So we sort of relied on the few phone calls that he was allowed to make until he got that and and basically letters, cards, <laughs> all that yeah. sort of thing. When it came time for his first posting, did you move with him for the first posting? How did that go? I did. We both flew into Perth on the same night and from there we moved into a defence house and it was actually pretty rough within the first four weeks of him being starting his new position uh he got offered a seat position for four weeks it turned out to be more like four months as these things happen a fresh seaman out of recruit school but the opportunity came up when it was extended and he could have flown home but we said no let's do this this is why you joined as such and take that opportunity while you can so he ended up getting a four-month trip around Asia during that time we had a lot of stuff happen at home our DHA move wasn't overly successful we had a lot of broken furniture and a lot of things like that so I was sort of dealing with all of that but we got there and I mean you couldn't get any further from Townsville no, not really. Uh, <laughs> First posting I, all the way over in Perth from Townsville and then he goes away straight up and it was supposed to be four weeks and then it's four months and your first move didn't go to plan. <laughs> no, there was job hunting and all of that in there as well. And it, yeah, it was certainly a, a bit of a baptism by fire, I suppose you'd call it. <laughs> and so how did you keep, I guess an optimistic outlook on defence life when that was your sort of introduction to it? I think I probably sort of realised how strong I actually was and could deal with all of that. It wasn't just, I didn't have the opportunity to fall in a heap and crumble. It was just sort of get on with it, move on and tackle the next issue as it came. If I had my meltdowns, picked up my big girl socks and moved on. (laughs) And what was your husband like during that time while he was away? Like how was he feeling being away and you having to deal with all of that with him away obviously it's exciting because it's his first you know trip away and and things like that but then on the flip side he's moved you over to Perth and then all this stuff is happening and he can't do anything about it. I think it was probably certainly a a little bit of guilt but the fact that I was able to cope all right and it all you know eventually got sorted he was able to sort of sit back and relax aside from all of that stuff that you were dealing with like how did you even go about finding a friend or a job you know alongside all of that stuff that you're trying to figure out as a new spouse one of the jobs that I applied for I wound up obviously getting and one of my best friends actually came out of that so that was very good she sort of got me through you know, we we hung out on weekends. She introduced me to a few other people. I managed to wind up meeting a couple of other Navy wives as well that I had uh, met down on the wharf at the goodbye and things like that. And her and I are still good friends to this day. And I think it was sort of, that was a bit of the assessment, uh, adjustment when he came back. He came back and I had this bit of a life already sort of happening. So, you know, he got straight into the friendships and everything that were already starting to form. So it's like, yeah, I've already set us up. <laughs> you just yeah. need to fit in. Yeah. 
<laughs> this is it. You, you're going along with it, whether or not you like it or not. <laughs> yeah. Once you had, you know, experienced that first posting and, and all of the ups and downs that came with that, do you feel like that sort of set you up for future postings and, you know, future ups and downs of defense life? Because, you know, it wasn't smooth sailing at the start. So, you know, sometimes it sort of seemed easier because it was a bit up and down at the start. Pretty much every posting since then, I won't say has been a piece of cake. And as you know, certainly each posting comes along with different little, little things. But I think it probably showed me, like I said, how strong, you know, I can get through this. There is an end to it. It will get easier. Not get easier, but coping gets easier, I suppose. You, you put little mechanisms in place, especially when you go from doing a deployment with, with kids to not having kids, you know, the, the difference between the two, what they're like. And so whereabouts are you guys posted at the moment and what job does your husband actually do and does it take him away a lot? Like what's sort of required of him due to his job? So we're over in HMA Sterling at the moment, over in Western Australia. And he's in the supply chain, so logistics, goods that come off and on the boats and parts for the boats and things like that. We're lucky his is fairly, probably fairly steady, your standard sort of two-year posting ashore, two-year posting at sea, that kind of thing. He is not constantly at sea, which is which is good. I know, you know, we do get that bit of rotation. And When he's not on a boat, does that mean that you know I guess you cherish those times that he is home for those couple of years on a shore posting even more because you know what the what's sort of required of you and the family when he is on a boat yeah definitely I think we sort of know that you know it makes things a bit easier to make plans and that he's not going to be away you know there's no weekly runnings to work around or anything like that you know he's when he's home, apart from the occasional course or anything like that, he's home. He's able to be at home from, you know, after 5, 4.35 o'clock when he gets home. He's there for mealtime. He's there for bedtime. He's there for the little things. So, or if he does want to try and take a day off to go to a sports carnival or things like that, he does try and do that because he realises how much he misses out on when he is at sea. So how do you make that transition when, you know, he does have that, I mean, it's great to have the shore posting and then the the boat posting, the shore posting, boat posting, but how do you make that transition when he is back on a shore posting and, and he is, you know, part of the family unit permanently for those couple of years, as opposed to, I guess, not being able to rely on him for those years when he's on, on the boat and sort of just kind of having to do your own thing and he can slot in if he's home and, and if he's away, then you guys are still fine. Like how do you make that transition every couple of years? I think a lot of it too can depend on the boats and what the boat's movements are. We know this one that he's got coming up probably will be, is in refits. So knowing that he does have that extra 12 months at home is easy. But I think we just kind of, we have our two routines. We have our routine when he's home, which is our routine for the three of us, me and the kids is probably pretty much very similar to what it is when he is home and I probably just sort of let go a little bit more of the mental load and knowing that he can pick up some of that slack. We do try and talk and I have to sort of been through it where we go all right this is what I need help with this is where I'm struggling at the moment or I need you explicitly to do X, Y, and Z as opposed to, oh, he'll see that. He'll know that he needs to do it. This is what I deal with every day. Yeah, exactly. Because what I've found is that, like you mentioned, 
you think and you assume, oh, he'll see it and he'll yeah. just be able to realize that that needs to be done or he knows what the process is when picking up the kids from school or whatever the case may be. Yeah. But it's actually not the case, like, because they don't do it every day and they don't have that's that consistency. It. Yeah, that's a prime example of that. We had a conversation. We were down south recently and he's like, you need to tell me what needs doing. I can see the washing basket is full and I will do the washing. But if it's not the washing, I don't necessarily know if it's not something I can physically see. Yeah. Then I won't do it. <laughs> He's like, so spell it out for me. Like, Instead okay. of getting frustrated, frustrated at each other and then, yeah. you know, you feeling like you're carrying the load even though they're home and they're just not getting it sort of thing. Yeah. And sometimes you feel like it's harder to, to explain what you need from them. But just, in the end, like that, they'll end up being able to help out more or yeah. carry some of that load because you have explained it those few times. Yeah, that's it. And he, you know, he will pick up on that and he does. Nine out of ten defence spouses wish they found out about Defence Bank sooner. Okay, I might have just made that up and they do sponsor my podcast, but I've checked them out and I think they're worth a look just for their banking app alone. It's award-winning, has cool features like fast same-day payments, card alerts and controls, and pin change functionality, savings roundups, Apple Pay, Google Pay, Fitbit Pay, Garmin Pay, the list goes on. Oh, and if you really want to go to a branch, you can. There are 33 on-base branches across Australia. Banking as a defence spouse doesn't have to be hard. For more info, visit defencebank.com.au. Have you found it each time he does have um, a sea posting or a posting to a boat that because the ages of your kids are different each time he goes that you have to readjust to, you know, what, what's happening in the, in the family situation and, and how the kids cope with it each time? Yeah, definitely. I noticed, so we've done two Middle East trips and I noticed my son what he went through when he did the first one was actually very similar to what my daughter did when we did this latest one and they would have pretty much been the exact same age whereas what my son needed this time was different she was a lot more emotional like he was back then like they were both seven eight when they started the the two different deployments and the similarities between those ages, I think, was a lot more than what he needed this time and what he needed back when we did the first one. So what is your field of work and is it easy for you to pick up work in the different posting locations? So I took oh, quite a while off after having my daughter. I went back to work between my daughter and my son. But I started studying when my daughter was quite young. I did went back again and studied and added a diploma of accounting to it. And now I am not necessarily using that so much, but I'm administration, a virtual assistant, a bit of social media, things like that. So my work is primarily either at home or in an on-site office. So the fluidity of that has been good, especially with everything that's been happening. Definitely not overly easy finding work over here at the moment. Even before COVID hit, the job market was very hard. So it did take me quite a while to get back into something. And it's just been building on that in little bits and pieces as we go. Yeah. So why is the job market hard over in WA? Is it because the added factor that you're a defence spouse and they think that you might leave? Or is it just that in general, the job market's pretty tight over there? 
in general, the job market has been pretty pretty low over here. Lots of applicants for for not quite so many jobs. You know, you would apply for a job and you'd get the email back from Seek giving you the stats and it would be, you know, 300 other applicants applied for this job. So you're like, oh, so it's, I suppose, a matter of really trying to make yourself stand out and what's different from you as opposed to everybody else. Yeah, and I guess, you know, the hard part about the added layer of being a defence spouse is sometimes you might only be there for two years. So do you hold out looking for a job in the field that you are qualified for or do you take something that's offered to you because something else might not come up and by the time something does come up, you you know, you're a quarter of the way through the posting, you know, you've been without income for however long. And I think that's, you know, especially it was our choice for me to take the time off after Kaylee to not go back to work for quite a while. So, you know, that gap in the resume. And I suppose it's a matter of you don't necessarily look back and see what you have filled that time with, like volunteer roles and that that I did at the school and things like that, the value in those and the skills that they can necessarily teach you. But, yeah, it is. It's a very big what if, you know, do you hold out for that? Or do you, it's having a plan A, a plan B, and a lot of the times a plan C. (laughs) We'll we'll act for plan A, but if that doesn't work, this is what plan B is going to be. Yeah. And I guess, you know, maybe at the, sometimes at the start when you are a new spouse, you're not as flexible sometimes. Sometimes you're like, no, I I want to go ahead with plan, I want plan A. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and then you do a few postings and you've been a defense spouse for a while and you, you just so realize that you have to be flexible. Like in, in order to cope, you've kind of got to go with the roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. If not, you're just constantly fighting it. Yes. And that's it. <laughs> and that's no. not fun for anyone. So no, no, that's definitely it. We've sort of learned that what's going to be is, is what's going to be. And we either have to you know, run with it or find a situation that's going to work. Yeah. So did you at any stage access PAP or the Partner Employment Assistance Program to help with um, employment? No, I did look at it and I probably should have looked into it further when we first came over here, but I was studying online and then my two years ran out at the time, I think that it was, and um, I never really got around to it, I suppose you'd say, between settling in and a whole heap of other stuff. I looked at it and went, oh, that two years went past a little quickly. Yeah. And (laughs) did you guys talk about um, family planning and and how kids would fit in or did you, you know, plan them around postings or was it just whatever happens, happens and kids will just fit in with what we're doing with Defence Life? Yeah, I think there was, we didn't specifically ever sit down and sort of say, all right, this is when we're going to have number one, this is when we're going to have number two, this is what you're doing at the moment. We were in Cairns at the time when we had the children and he was on a, a small boat. So their, their roster's timeout, whatever you want to call them, at sea is a lot shorter. They only generally do fairly short stints. Well, short stints to a defence spouse. Yes. <laughs> to a normal person to be like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is very true. Um, so I think the longest one we did over there was three months and that was very much out of the ordinary. But we sort of made it work. So when Lucas was born, it was a I think this is going to take a while. We'll see what happens. And then, bam, before we knew it, we were. And he just kind of slotted in with it all. When we're trying for kids, you don't know how long it's going to take. And that's the thing, like, that you can plan it as much as you like, you know. That's and it. But you've got these two things, two competing things that you can't 
control, which is defense yeah. and uh, family planning or, or trying for a baby. So it's like, yeah. you know, do you wait? So it perfectly fits into between postings and, and when you're near family and friends or whatever you're trying to it to line up with, or do you just, you know, go forward with your plans despite defense and, and what's happening because, you know, it might take, you don't know how long it'll take. No, that's it. And I think that was pretty much our approach. We were like, right, we'll, we'll see what happens. This is it. And we were prepared if it took a while and we were sort of prepared if it happened quickly. So, and that was our thing. It did. I think that's probably one of the reasons why they always sort of say, you know, it's a bit of a baby boom after each deployment kind of thing. And did you make use of any spouse support? I got quite involved with the playgroup in Cairns while my son was at that. So that was a really good coping mechanism, support network, whatever you want to call it. Going along to our playgroup of a Wednesday morning, both when he was young and while I was pregnant with her. And, you know, seeing otherwise go through the same thing, knowing that the movement was happening and others were coming and going as well. And the small boat community over in Cairns is is very, very close-knit. You know, the, you, they basically sort of, to lack of a better extent, become a, a second family kind of thing. So even when the guys are away, we all got together and caught up, things like that. It wasn't just dependent on the guys. I had friends that were, were all part of it that were, you know, they became our second family. And have you always had defence friends and seen that as, as an important part of having a support network especially over in Cairns probably not quite as many over here I think because the the boats are bigger so you know you don't quite form that same bond but I've definitely you know got my defense spouses over here and I think they're they're very important because I have also have a lot of friends with FIFO husbands and so the difference you know between FIFO and defense and not quite necessarily they're very similar, yes, but there's also some differences as well. So I don't think anybody quite gets it like a, a defence spouse as yeah, such. sure. Mental health-wise, how do you look after your mental health with all that's required of you as a defence spouse and, you know, in life in general? How do you look after your mental health? Probably exercise is a very big part for me, whether or not it's the gym or taking the dog for a walk, but getting out, getting the you know, endorphins flowing, things like that. That was a very big thing. I do try and do little things like not putting myself, you know, taking kids grocery shopping is stressful. So I'll do a click and collect. So I don't add that extra pressure to myself. Of, yeah. Not intentionally <laughs> putting yourself in those situations that cause extra stress. <laughs> it's like, mom, can we have this? Can we have this? Can we have this? And then by the end of it, they're flaked out and upset because you've said no and you're yeah. <laughs> you're cranky because you've been asked five times for the one thing. In terms of uh, uh, technical stuff around the house, you know, we get our lord mode and things like that when he's away so that I know that it's something else I don't have to do. You know, coffee catch-ups with girlfriends or nights out at a dinner, you know, with my girlfriends, things like that. They all add to it. Occasionally I will sort of take a day for ourselves, whether or not we go, all right, today's going to be a PJ day. You guys can sit and colour, watch a bit of TV, do what you want to do. And I'm going to take a moment, whether or not that's sit and have a coffee in bed in the morning and then progress through. So seeing those things as important to allow you to recharge and, and keep going basically. Yeah, taking that that moment for yourself, whether or not it's it's turning bl- down plans because you feel fried or whether or not it's it's making plans because you need that connection. It's, I suppose, probably looking at yourself and going, where am I at at the moment? Yeah, 
and how can I, I guess, put my hand up to help myself or, you know, pre-plan or even, you know, future plan knowing because you have been, you know, through what's required of your husband being away or whatever that you kind of know what you'll need at, at the different stages. Yeah, that's it. It's all right, this weekend we've got nothing planned, so we're going to take it cruisy. But I know during the school holidays you're going to drive me nuts, so we're going to make lots of plans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> get you out of the house, get you tired. Uh, uh, you the... sound like my type of mum, that's it, for sure. <laughs> I'm like, yep. Even the night before he came home from the last deployment, I messaged my, my group chat, my tribe, yep. and said, all right, uh, he gets home on Saturday. Who's keen for a jump at rebound on Friday night? Because I'm going to need to tuck those kids out. Yes. Because otherwise they will not sleep with excitement. I already had that plan. So, we, you know, we did that and they did. They came home and they slept because I knew if they stressed me out the night before with not sleeping, it was just not going to be. And then my second message would have been, and so when are we all going out for a wine after he gets <laughs> back? Because I've got a babysitter back or I've got another set of hands back. <laughs> That's it. I think that was already in the works too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, first, I've got my weekend message. away booked in, by the way. <laughs> Which I literally had. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's great to see you, but actually I want to go spend time with other people. <laughs> we, we organized our girls trip. They're like, oh, yeah, that, that should be enough time for you to have him at home without feeling guilty to uh, yeah, leave. <laughs> to leave. <laughs> So I guess what have you learnt as a defence spouse along the way? Like what would be that one mantra or that one little piece of advice that you would maybe give to a new spouse or someone that's just starting out as a spouse? In my case, if he comes home and tells me something that's not necessarily going to go our way, I will have my little hissy fit, my little moment, and then I'll come back maybe 20 minutes later maybe an hour later, maybe 24 hours later, depending on how big it is and go, all right, not much we can do about it. It's going to change. Let's make this work. So it's, it's, it's not sweating the small stuff, I think, is, is our big thing. But allowing yourself to have that freak out if you need to and then yeah. re- regrouping and going, okay, well. He knows, he knows I'm going to come back to him and go, all right, you're done now? Have you got that out of your way? <laughs> yeah. Because you are allowed to have those feelings. Just because someone tells you you can't have something doesn't mean to say that you can't go, but why? That's not fair. Yes, things aren't going to be fair, but you are still allowed to to feel that. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Kim, and telling us about your experience as a, a spouse so far. I guess good luck for your um, husband going on a boat and all that that will entail. I guess your kids are a bit older, but they'll still have different needs and you guys will still be feeling your way through it. I so hope you were able to relate or take something away from today's episode. There are definite ups and downs to military life, but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in this together. We are all just doing our best. So until next week, you got this. Let's do this together one day at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things, I would so appreciate it if you could pop into Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, a comment about what you would like to hear more of, or just some encouraging words. If you want to suggest a guest, I am always looking for new people to talk to. You can do that by jumping over to the website www.militarywifelife.com.au and clicking on our podcast page. I would love to hear from you. 